Hello, 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 and welcome to a mini so a mini episode, a trailer reaction episode of Marvel Cinematic University. This is where we talk about everything in the MCU. We've been talking about a lot of non-MCU stuff of late because there's been kind of a lull, but we got some content, just two minutes worth, but we're going to talk about it. Uh, with AC still on paternity leave, I am your host, Jay Christie, and I'm joined by one of the best friends of the show. I would say the king of Montgomery County, Maryland, Dalbino Sorio. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Can I tell you, I think it is so cool that the MCU University pod offers paternity leave, which makes it completely different from the rest of the country. So. Uh, yes, we have a good paternity leave policy. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's just one of the perks you get when, if you're one of the two co-hosts of uh, Marvel Cinematic University, you get paternity leave. We don't do dental, which is kind of problematic, but, you know, we're trying our best. But we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about the trailer that just dropped today for... The upcoming film, The Marvels, a film that is now coming out in November, has been delayed a couple times. I think there's some fears about it, but I want to hear from you. What, first and foremost, the vibes, what, what were the vibes of the trailer? How did it make you feel? So the vibes were immaculate, Jake. I'll tell you that. They felt like very much a Tampa Bay Rays start to this baseball season. The vibes are just off the charts. Um, I, I think that Song choice, usually, and this is the thing with trailers, song choice is so key, right? Especially for the first trailer. Like you can suck somebody in into a movie that's really bad with a really good song choice. Um, but what I loved, man, was just, I, I think that at times, and we've talked about this a little bit before, uh, Marvel has, and like most places, they're not DC-like, but at times they do give a lot away, a lot of story away early on. I think that there's still parts of this, even in this teaser trailer, it's only two minutes. There's stuff that I'm like, all right, well, how does this work? How does this work? Because I think they they set out to show Monica's powers. They set out to show that, you know, Miss Marvel is just the ultimate, uh, like the gate, like the open, the the ultimate gate for like new fans. Like, oh, look, man, I love the Avengers too. So I'm going to love them like you do. Um, and Carol looks like a badass, dude. Like, she's like an amazing badass. So I'm really excited, but the vibes were off the charts. What did you think? Yeah, I thought the vibes were amazing. And I think that that's a thing people don't understand about trailers. The trailer doesn't need to sell you on the plot of a movie because the biggest mistake people make is thinking that plot is important. And it's just, it's not why people see movies. It just isn't. And that's a good thing, actually, because it's harder to do all the other stuff. But so the tone that it's setting, assuming that's the actual tone of the movie, is really refreshing because what's i saw someone tweet this and i apologize i can't give him credit but like it's the first marvel movie in a while where the trailers make it feel like it's just a movie that it's not about like because even the guardians 3 while it's going to be just contained to the guardians it's probably not gonna have much to do with the larger mcu saga it feels like so much like so much pressure on it whereas this even though it is characters from three different properties come together they very much are selling it as like a superhero body swap movie kind of and that is a really fun idea and i feel like that's now, I agree with what you're saying about Marvel giving stuff away, but ultimately I think the, their secret with not giving stuff away when they don't is that they can cut a trailer that makes it seem like stuff that's just from the first act is the whole movie. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if most of the body swap stuff is kind of finished by the end of the first act. I'm not saying it should or shouldn't be that, but a lot of times you'll be like, oh my god, that this big action beat I thought was going to be the end of the movie, but oh no, it was just only like, you know, ha like 20 minutes in. So I think that that's the way they do it, but I saw someone on our Discord, and I want to give them credit. Uh, it was, da, 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 it was, uh, Moazimus said that he thought there was not that much Carol Danvers in it, which I think is true. But I think the big thing people are underrating is that 
in order for this movie to make Marvel movie money, they need to get people who didn't watch WandaVision and didn't watch Ms. Marvel in the door. And so this trailer needed to sell you on Ms. Marvel and uh, Monica Rambeau. And I think it did that pretty well. Yeah, I no, I agree. I think uh, what so uh, two points that you made that, about how Marvel will sometimes set, like craft their whole trailer around something that happens in the first act. When the teaser to the teaser came out yesterday, and they had just the audio clip, I thought for sure I was like, "Oh, that's got to be from the end of the movie, like Monica getting lost in space or something like that." And sure enough, it seems like it happens exactly to your point, probably in the first act when the body swapping starts. Um, I think also you you nailed it. I think they. They're not assuming that everybody has seen everything that's happened on Disney Plus, um, which is interesting because I think I think we've talked about this before. Like Marvel has Marvel, whether by intentionality or by accident, has a tendency to be able to retcon things as they go. Right. Like if something doesn't fit down the road, they can go back and change it. Um, But the Disney Plus shows. Those feel like because they just take longer to film and they air so far in advance. WandaVision's been what over a year ago now, right? Almost two o- years ago. Over two years ago. Over two years, two years ago, ago yeah. right? And so, so like, even if you just met Monica for the first time, if you if you're a comic nerd, you're like, okay, that's Spectrum, right? That's Photon. You see the symbol and all that stuff. But you're right. If you have not seen it, you get sold on Monica really quickly as being equal to these two. You also get sold on the fact that Miss Marvel's equal to these two. Yeah. Right, I, and that—that's key. I think that that was bigger too, because I don't know. I have the numbers off. To, again, I, Disney only releases like half stuff because obviously they don't have to release all the numbers. But by all accounts, WandaVision was like the most watched show, and I would guess. And this is no disrespect to Miss Marvel because I think Miss Marvel is also really good. But I think maybe honestly, half of the people who watch WandaVision watch Miss Marvel, just the way, the way it was. I mean, mostly because WandaVision was still during the pandemic; it was a huge deal. Um, whereas Miss Marvel just wasn't as big of a show. And so I think it's easy for us in the, you know, MCU fan community to take for granted that Amon Vellani is a star. Uh, but we need to sell, we need to sell people on it. And I think that that's something that really popped out too, was like, while there's a lot of great talented actors in Miss Marvel, you do wonder like, okay, this is person who, this is the, the Marvels is her second acting job ever. Is she going to be a whole hold her own against Samuel Jackson and Brie Larson and uh, and it's like oh no absolutely like the, the thing that made this trailer made me think the thing that this trailer made me excited for as much as it did the Marvels is the net the first non MCU project Amon Valani does because she just pops. Oh, and, and it's interesting because, you know, and for folks that don't know, you attended, you know, the Tisch School of the Arts for folks that don't know. But I agree, man. Like there's there's moments where we kind of you're talking about, again, Brie Larson, one of the finest actresses of our generation. Right. She's got of, hardware. Right. Right. She's got the hardware. Right. And then Samuel Jackson, Samuel Jackson gave an interview about a year ago where they asked him, like, oh, does it bother you that you don't have an Oscar? And he's like, I don't do the movies for that. Like, that's not what it's for. I want I want people to come see my movies. Right. But Samuel Jackson has some performances that he could have some hardware for. Like, he's, he's been really good yes. in a lot of films. Yes. And you're right. I think I think with Iman, it's it's I, what I love about the fact that this is her second acting project is that she's no different than like if, if you and I got the call from Kevin Feige and he said, Jake Dalvin, I need you guys to go to Redwood, California and do some voiceover stuff for what if season two, what Chris Evans wasn't willing to do. I need you guys to go do it. Uh-huh. And we'd be so excited to do it. We'd be like, yes, no problem. Yeah. And I think she's just that she's that excited to it yeah. too. Yeah. And I've, I mean, I've said it before the offers on the table, if you need me and AC and even throw you Dalvin to come in and be like, 
in-universe podcasters talking about, like, the Battle of New York, man. Like, that's the top five moments from that. If you power rank the Avengers during the Battle of New York, we'll do it. Um, but I think we, we get some glimpses of the other plot elements, like the villains and stuff. And I, it's interesting to see. But I think that, for me, it's not that important because I think that... Um, like I said, like, I'm actually not as interested in whatever the big bad is at the moment as I am these three characters. Because this is a movie that's all about the interplay. Uh, you know, not that I not that I want them to yada yada the villain, but it's these are, you know, th- these dynamics are on their own enough to sustain a film. So I'm not really, like, sweating, you know, what this what this big bad means for the universe. Well, do you, so I so I have a question for you then. Is it because it's interesting? One of the reasons why I'm super pumped for Guardians of the Galaxy is you know to see the High Revolutionary. I'm super pumped to see him in, yeah. on, on on film. And but I feel like that also kind of suffers from this too, in the sense of like I kind of view Guardians as like the end of that group, and then mm-hmm. Adam Warlock yeah. being introduced, and we're gonna move on. Uh, I feel I echo those same feelings here. Like I just want to see Carol. And, and Kamala and, and, and Monica just interact. Uh, I also, yeah. Trading Places is one of my favorite movies. And mm-hmm. granted, I know this isn't going to be like that. <laughs> like, like it's not going to be like that. But I love the idea of folks just swapping, you know, and like say Carol's fighting a Kree in space and she mm-hmm. uses her powers and ends up, you know, on Earth, which is clearly what happens mm-hmm. here. Um, I also think it's it's fascinating because to your point about the villain, this this story and 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 Miss Marvel and and WandaVision are kind of like these uh kind of like the connective threads to like the supernatural or like the mm-hmm. space bound stuff, right? Because Monica ends up in space at the end of mm-hmm. Wanda and Carol ends up on Earth at the end of Miss Marvel. And so knowing like knowing that we're about to enter secret invasion, knowing we're about to see some scrolls and some Kree and stuff like that, mm-hmm. do you feel that that's a bigger reason because it does feel more connected to the overarching space story. Yeah. Do you think that's more reason why you don't, you don't really care so much about them? Yeah. It's cause I know that it's going to be connected in some way. And because I, I just trust Nia DaCosta, the director to, cause I've heard her talk about her issues with superhero movies um, on podcasts and stuff. She's very candid about it. And I think that she is aware of the pitfalls that a lot of villains have and how things can be kind of like, I think that for the, in, I think during the actual runtime of the movie, the villain might be related to some stuff we have seen or are going to see, but I think that though those relations are not going to be as important during the meat of the movie. And I think that that's kind of the best way to do the connective stuff, like have it at the beginning, have it at the end. Like I don't need, and, and I think that like, we'll obviously guess that there are more trailers. This movie's coming out in November. Um, I think that, we'll get more of the villains and what's going on. But I think just knowing that there's a threat is enough um, because yeah, like it's, it's not about that. And in the same way that guardians, the trailer center, Adam Warlock a lot, because these are characters we that have been together with the, the movie is about whatever the new thing is. And so like, I don't need, I don't, the thing about me, because I don't, you know, have the comics knowledge and all that, but I think that even you would agree with this. Like, trailers are not where I go to like see lore or like connections. Like that's what the movies are for. You know, a trailer is to make you want to see the, just to have a vibe. And so I don't need to know what's going on with the plot. Yep. 
I think that's fair. I think that's real. And and I think the point you make about the Guardians being like the Guardians now, this will be their third group movie. They had a holiday special. They were in Infinity War. They were in Endgame. They were in Thor. <laughs> like this is their eighth appearance, right? Like so, it's like okay, well, you know, like we know we need to know about them now. Let's go, you know, make sure that some of them don't make it past this phase. But with this one, I, and especially because someone like like Kamala is so important to like mutants and like what may come next. Right. Uh, Carol's so important to like maybe she leads the Avengers in this next phase, her and Sam. Um, and then Monica, we kind of got a hint of this in WandaVision when they were like when they said like, oh, there's something up with your genetics. Like it's very possible that she was a mutant already, too. Right. So there's just so much to connect to your point about like the lore. The movie's going to give us that. The trailer just needed us to make us want to see these three badasses together. And I think it did that. Yeah. And, and I think that um, what I'm excited for, because I'm a. I'm a big stan of the recently released Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. I think that that movie is really good. I know that you weren't as high in it as I was. I thought I really enjoyed that a lot. And the thing I liked about it a lot is that that it was funny in ways that were specific to the characters. It wasn't characters acting serious and then having a quip, which I feel like at its worst, Marvel movies can be that, where it's like, this character wouldn't joke right now. They just they just thought that it was too long without a laugh and they threw a joke. What, and I feel like this movie, from the trailer at least, especially with Kamala, it feels like the characters, the situations are funny because of things that are specific to the character. You know what I mean? Like, the bit of Kamala saying, is this like an Avengers training, like, a test, is, that's funny not because she's, like, winking at the audience. It's funny because that's what she would say. And I think that, like, that is the thing I want the MCU to go back to. Because I, I think I noted when we di- I did the podcast about the Dungeons & Dragons movie with the great Liam Riel Thomas, was that I feel like the MCU was kind of broken in some ways to start with the fact that Tony Stark was the main character because it makes sense for him to be making Winky at the audience jokes. It doesn't make sense for every character to do that. And so I would hope that in this, in this kind of a thing that Guardians did too, that they allow each, the characters can still be funny because these are lighthearted movies. I don't want them to be the Snyderverse. That they give the characters their own unique comedic voice. And that's what I see in this trailer. I'm interested to see what Carol's is because we really don't see it that much. I assume she's going to be a straight man, which I think is fine and necessary um but yeah i uh i just it's just gonna be if it's hijinks it's hijinks and hijinks are fucking great like we don't have enough hijinks in this day and age um and yeah i'm excited for this movie i'm more excited than i was before uh because like i kind of was like you know there's rumors about the production or whatever that i you know i believe that as much as i believe anything because you know uh production rumors are almost always nonsense but it Clearly, there's at least if this trailer is even a little bit true, there's a vision to this movie beyond just the sequel to Captain Marvel. Well, and and I think the uh, Carol playing the straight man, I I agree with you. I love that for Brie Larson because I think Brie Larson has very, uh, you know, we get to and we get to we get a double dose of Brie Larson this year, right? Because we get her in Fast X, (laughs) where she seems like she's also playing the straight man, and uh, and then we get her we get her in in the Marvels. But um, I think she's earned to, she's earned the right to be the straight man. Like she lost fury, you know, when, when the blip happened, the Avengers didn't really trust her initially when she came, you know, for Endgame, And, you know, like she, she, she found out that everything she had been told was a lie in her first movie. So she's earned a little bit of levity, a little bit of like, you know, this little kid who thinks they want to be me. I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. You know, I, I also think a thing, cause a lot of film, Twitter people are very confused by Brie Larson's career because they're like, she won an Oscar and was such a promising actress and she basically does nothing except franchises and Honda commercials. And like, I understand that to some extent, but the thing I always try to push back on that is like these grown adults who have their own agency. Clearly she's doing what she wants to do. And I think a thing about her, which is, which 
film Twitter people don't realize is that she seems to have the most normie sensibility in the world where she's like the most basic person. And I say that with all due respect. And so I think that I want some of that like corniness to be in her character. I think that that's what she can bring because she is a deeply corny person. And I say that as someone who really respects corny people, but like she made a fucking YouTube channel during the pandemic where she was testing out cooking things as the air fryer. Like that's a corny ass thing to do. And so I think that there is an energy there that can be tapped into because if the MC was good at anything, it's tapping into the real personalities of the actors and putting them on screen. I agree a hundred percent. She, I mean, and she's also like, she did those, uh, like uh, I think it was like what culture things where you're like, oh, uh, what the, the answering like the top 10 questions that folks ask about Brie Larson. And her humor is very like to your point, just very I, th- I think she's going to do great. I also think it's interesting. You mentioned the, the Oscar thing. I think that she I think she again, she can act her ass off. Oh, like, for sure. She can she, act her ass she off. She earned that Oscar. She earned it. Right, right, right. This wasn't like a lifetime achievement award for Brie Larson when she got no, this. Was, no, 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 no. You know, and so, but I, I think that's what makes the pairing of her and Amon is so, so perfect because mm-hmm. I think, I think with, with her, it's very hard not to break when somebody's acting like you do in real life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and I, and obviously what I don't want to forget to give shine to Tiana Paris, who I think is just, um, I'm interested to see that they're obviously like spending some time hiding what the relationship between her and Carol is. Cause obviously there's animosity there and that is going to be a large part of the movie. I don't want to know what that backstory is beforehand. So I'm glad they're hiding it. So I think that kind of taps. She doesn't have as big of moments as um, uh, Amon does because of that. But I think that there's a lot of, I think that she kind of has, she has a lot of personality that we saw in WandaVision and I'm excited to see how she, deals with having superpowers because i imagine that there's some resentment kind of towards it because she definitely associates that with carol and why you know the fact that carol is still one like alive and uh looking the same age and her mother's passed away i think you can associate that with superpowers. so i think that there's interesting stuff there that we'll see um but yeah man i um i'm glad they moved this movie to when they did because uh it's good for our show that those things are spaced out um, but I'm excited to see it, and uh, I'm sure that um, a lot of people in the audience, even people who might not have been beforehand, are now. Yeah, I agree. And I think, what, to your point about the superhero threat, I think there's something interesting to be said with, you know, Fury was Carol's best friend in the 90s, right? And then now here it is in the universe, 20, well, 33 years later, just about. Um, he's essentially taken Monica under his wing. And I think that's something that, I think there's a story thread there that's really cool. Um, also, we do have to question whether that's a real fury up there, a scroll fury. Like, we, you know, you kind of got to figure out like what's going to happen out of Secret Invasion. But I think it's, it's I love, I, that their dynamic is going to be interesting too, because I think, I, I agree with you. I love that they're hiding what the tension is. Like it's the tension that she never came back. It's the tension that she did come back, but didn't take her with her. Like what is the real tension there? Um, and is it possible that, you know, Maria and Carol had a different relationship, you know, like than, than, than what we've seen on screen, right? Like, you know, it's just, I'm very, I'm very interested to see how it plays out. But, but I also, I think Monica, there's one scene where she's, she's in her spectrum getup and she has the symbol in the middle and she lets her, she's trying to punch somebody, I believe, or something like that. And I'm like, you know, that's going to look cool. And I think that's the point, like back to the vibes, the original question, the vibes make me think like, yo, this movie's going to be cool as hell. Yeah. Like that's what it's going to be. Yeah. And the, the bit at the end where you see them all fighting the villain, um, at least for this, the powers look really cool. Uh, and they look, they're different enough. They're not all just rut light beams, which I think is important. 
Um, and above all else, like, the thing that I've... Since the problems that happened with Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania, I've read a lot about VFX and stuff like that. And I kind of already knew a lot of this, but, like, the thing that VFX artists say will tell you if they're off the record is that money is not what makes good VFX. It's time. And I think the fact that we have a trailer with full VFX and it's April and the movie's not coming out till November, assuming that they're not going to do the thing where they have like 17 different ideas. And I fingers crossed they learned their lesson from quantum mania. It doesn't work that like if they have like the really good VFX. And also what I noticed too, is that I might be, this might not be the case for the whole movie, but a lot of these places were filmed clearly on location, like wherever Zawai Ashton and her goons were, even though that's clearly an alien planet, it's a location. And that, saves money on vfx and it just makes the it feel better and real um and so if they can make all the powers cool because that's the thing marvel kind of lost is that when they went to just last minute cgi all the powers either look the same or not interesting but like i want to see some cool shit where the powers are coming together and being in sync that's exactly it. That's exactly it. It looks like some cool shit. Also, like not shooting in the volume all the time, right? Like that. that I think that's what you're gonna kind of get back to. Yeah. Right? It turns out it's hard and should only be used in certain purposes. <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Did you know that Steven Spielberg used the volume for a scene in The Fablemans? I did hear that, and yeah. I and I thought it, I thought it was a lie. <laughs> With the, I say I will say this: the reason why Steven Spielberg is the goat, and because I'm yeah. someone who I think my one of my strongest takes is this. 21st century Steven Spielberg is the most underrated filmmaker alive. People act like he stopped making masterpieces when the, when the 21st century came around. He's made like five since. But anyway, right, right, right. Yeah, the yeah. thing about, of course, he is like, oh, this technology that is like hit or miss. Of course, I, the person with the best cinematic brain in history, can figure out how to make it look good. Uh, yeah. But anyway, if you're not Steven Spielberg and you're not like, even the Mandalorian is fucked it up sometimes. So it's just, the moral of the story, find your locations, shoot on them. It looks cool. But any final thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I, I, I think the vibes are great. I think I'm super excited to see all three of them. And I will tell you, like, and, you know, I, I look forward to be back on, you know, to go down the, the rabbit hole. But I'm really excited to see where the MCU is after Secret Invasion mm-hmm. and, like, leading into this. Because I think, I think, I think we're going to find out. I think it's going to, I think what's interesting about it is that there's parts in, like, for example, when we saw the, the first uh, Infinity War trailer, we see Hulk running through Wakanda, mm-hmm. right? And like that, yeah. they, they set us up with that, right? Mm-hmm. And we thought, we were like, man, this is going to be a fairly different film. No, mm-hmm. Thanos ended up wiping the mat with them, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? So now I'm curious to see where we are at, the, at the, in the MCU by the time this comes out. Yeah. I'm excited for you. You're going to be like this uh, Joe McCarthy, but with scrolls. You're going to be like, I have in my pocket a list of 45 scrolls in the MCU. Um, it's coming. <laughs> it's, I'm excited. But yeah, I'm the vibes are great. I was saying to Jerome on Twitter that uh, I really hope they use uh, Intergalactic in the movie. It's always disappointing when a trailer uses a song really well and it's not in the movie. Like when I was in the theater to see Air a couple weeks ago and they played um, Sister Christian by Night Ranger, I started fist pumping my fist. Because I'm like, hell yeah, that song worked great in the trailer. I'm glad it's in the movie. But yeah, I'm excited. And if you're excited too, please follow us on Twitter at MC University Pod. Dalbean, where do people follow you? At DA underscore Osorio. Always super glad to be back with you, Jake. I've, I've missed you, man. Uh, you too. And we, we will we'll do this again. We will do Absolutely. this again. Absolutely. And you can follow me on Twitter at Jay Christie. Listen to my other podcast I've been doing with Andre Barrera called Love at First Psych, where we talk about the show Psych, which is a lot of fun. Uh, we're just about to start season two. Um, but, and also, uh, please join our Patreon. We have two episodes a month, at least, um, sometimes more, you know, never less, at least. Uh, and we have the great discord. We've been discussing this trailer, um, 
someone who I won't name had a great metaphor for how the MCU has been treating them lately that had people laughing a lot. Uh, and yeah, it's only $3 to get in. So just try it out for a month. And if you don't like it, you can cancel. It'll make me a little sad, but you can do it. And um, yeah, more than anything than that, just please tune in next time when we talk about whatever is on the docket next. I honestly don't know what it's going to be uh, because AC is on paternity leave. But for Dalby and Osorio, I've been Jay Christie. Have a good night.